you're Merck or Pfizer, you're just getting into the sector, and you're looking for one of the best companies in the world to work with, with the best quality, who can scale with you, we want that to be unquestionably a phone call that you make to Cleverly's. Yeah. So it's, that's been our focus on the cannabis side. It's very hard to cultivate, but it's very hard to extract. It's very hard to do both of those together in a pharmaceutical environment. And but if Pfizer or Merck wanted to get into that space, it might take them four years because that's how long it took us. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today at Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Kyle Detweiler, the CEO of Cleverleaves. Kyle, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Dan. Good to see you. Yeah, it's great to have you back. For our listeners, you'll remember Kyle was on the show. It it was almost exactly a year ago that I interviewed you, and, and we covered a lot of things that we're not going to have time to talk about today. So I recommend everyone go back and re-listen to episode 172. Just to give everybody kind of a quick recap, Cleverleafs is publicly traded under ticker CLVR with holdings all over the world. And that's where I want to start today, Kyle. Can you give us a quick overview of your company's geographic scope? Sure. Yeah. So I think Cleverly is probably best recognized for what we've done in Colombia. There, we're, we're one of the largest pr- producers. I can you know, circle back to that in a bit. But we also have an active license in the country of Portugal. So there's a handful, really, of sizable operations in continental Europe. So we're one of those. We also have some investments in Germany, where domestic production hasn't come online yet and, and may never come on. So everything has to be imported. And there's a special set of businesses that import controlled narcotics, including cannabis. So we have some investments in there. And then we have a U.S. nutraceutical operation based in Tempe, Arizona, which manufactures non-cannabinoid products. It's basically cleanses and some detox products. And so that's really really the scope of the operation so far. And, And one day that Arizona operation should hopefully turn out cannabinoid products, but we're waiting for the laws to change and, and make sure it's fully compliant. Yeah, you're really a global company. And I know last time we spent a lot of time talking about your Columbia operations. Are you still ex- expanding in that country? Uh, for the time being, I think our capacity is sufficient. We have 1.8 million square feet of, of capacity down there. And I think maybe when the last time we spoke, I'm not sure if we had received our EU GMP certification, but we received that in in, in this summer. So yeah, I think that would be a new development. So those were the big construction or licensing objectives. Everything that we're focusing on in Columbia right now is developing new products to suit our customers and creating those supply chains. It takes a lot of work to get a controlled substance from Bogota to Frankfurt or to Sydney or to Tel Aviv. And so just getting the procedures down, the logistics and the certificates and the quotas and the import permits, we're just getting that all harmonized. It's taken us a bit of time. It's so hard not to make a joke about (laughs) <laughs> saying it's so hard to get logistically drugs out of Colombia to the rest of the world when you know it's been illegally done for so long. But it's also refreshing that we're actually now moving towards doing it legally. You mentioned that you just got a certification. Can you define that a little more for us? Yeah. So in, I think it was July of this year, our Colombian operations received something called the EU GMP certification. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of companies pursue this. And I think by our measures, there are only about four companies in the world 
wow. that are vertically integrated. So i.e. they have both cultivation and extraction, and those are both certified. So Afria, Aurora, Tilray, and Cleverly's. And actually that list of four will become three because Tilray and, and Afria are now combining. So one of three potential companies yeah. which have this certification. What does it mean, by the way? I think if you're trying to sell a pharmaceutical drug, let's assume it's not even cannabis. You're trying to sell, it's like a heart medication in, in Berlin. But there's a very strict standard by which that heart medication needs to be produced. And in Germany, those cannabis products you know, aren't treated any differently. Just because you're cannabis, you don't get a free pass because, just because it's a new industry. You have to conform to those same pharmaceutical standards. And that is that EU GMP certification. And that's why it's so difficult to get. It took us four years, really, to get that certification. But now one of three in the world. So that put, you know, right there puts you in a really strong position. I read on a prospectus someplace. It said that the primary business that you guys were in was pharmaceutical preparation. What does that exactly mean? Well, a lot of our products are ingredients or semi-finished or actually finished pharmaceutical goods. I think a lot of people in the cannabis industry interchange the word medical and pharmaceutical. And as I've learned the hard way, they are very different. Medical might be, you can grow it in a greenhouse in California. You can sell it at a dispensary. It's not FDA inspected. You don't have fancy ingredient lists. You're not liable in case there's a misrepresentation, either intentionally or accidentally in what that product is. Pharmaceutical means you're going to produce that product the same way every time with less than a certain percent deviation. You're held accountable to what is in those products. You have proven to people in different types of temperatures or humidity environments how long that product will remain stable. It's a much different standard. And so that's why pharmaceutical preparation is, is probably a more accurate word for a lot of the products that we make. I would say just based on everything that you've said so far, the sheer size of you, just your cultivation and your holdings positions you to really impact the entire supply chain. And I see in your website that you're both uh, B2B companies and consumer brand divisions. Can you tell us a little bit about your holdings in each of those verticals? Uh, sure. On the cannabis side, we're really trying to be focused as a B2B provider. If you're Merck or Pfizer and you're just getting into the sector and you're looking for one of the best companies in the world to work with the best quality who can scale with you. We want that to be unquestionably a phone call that you make to Cleverly's. Yeah. So it's, that's been our focus on the cannabis side. It's very hard to, to cultivate. It's very hard to extract. It's very hard to do both of those together in a pharmaceutical environment. And if a Pfizer or a Merck wanted to get into that space, it might take them four years because that's how long it took us. And it's not sure. just a question of how much money you're going to throw at the problem. There's just a lot of licenses, processes, validations, certificates that need to get obtained. So that's really our our hopeful value add. And we'd like to think that we've even had cannabis companies recognize that. Canopy Growth is uh, one of the largest cannabis companies in the world. And they had actually had their own Colombian production operation that was getting constructed. And when David Klein, the new CEO of Canopy, took over, one of the first things he actually did was he, he shut down that Colombian operation and began to outsource their, their needs for Latin America from Cleverly's. So you know, that's a really good example yeah. of three or four years ago that would have never happened because there was never a company in Colombia that could meet the quality standards that a canopy would, would demand. But now that there is, I think companies are starting to rethink, wait, do we really need to put a PowerPoint pin in every country and every part of the world? Or why don't we just care about the bottom line? Let's focus on what we're good at, which are brands, distribution, gotcha. maybe getting clinical trials done. And what we're good at is 
farming extraction and sort of the pharmaceutical kind of wrapping that comes to all of that. And, and those two business models fit very well together. I think it's a natural evolution of any industry is initially everyone's everything. And then they start finding that these guys are really good at this. We're really good at this. Let's work together with them. I think that's just a natural evolution of most industries. It's just maybe taking this industry a little bit longer to catch on. I noticed on your website that you also mentioned that you are doing some growth through acquisition. Are you still participating in acquisitions? Yeah, we're always opportunistic. I spent most of my career conducting investments or acquisitions at the Blackstone Group and, and KKR. So it's, it's definitely part of our, our DNA, and it's something that we're always looking out for the right partners. Mm-hmm. And what sectors particularly are you more interested in than others? Yeah, well, we seem to have a very good farming operation in both Colombia and in Portugal. You know, we have a good extraction operation in Colombia. You know, our main focus right now is how do we best monetize what we've already built or how do we distribute more of our products? So I think any partner out there that has the ability to take our products and, and deliver it to a federally legal market, we can't touch the U.S., just yet because uh, our business model is to be fully federally compliant and that's why we're publicly traded on the NASDAQ. Imagine there's a new distribution company opening up in South Africa or the United Kingdom or, or Germany or Australia or Brazil. Somebody who would be a lot more successful at doing what they do if they're linked up with a large-scale kind of ingredient provider. That ingredient just happens to be a controlled substance called cannabis. Somebody who could benefit from that, I think that's a pretty acute focus for us. I'd say the second thing that, that probably comes to mind is we love looking at companies that could have their growth profile augmented by linking up with a cannabis company. So in 2019, I mentioned a nutraceutical operation we had in Arizona. That company doesn't sell cannabinoids. It was a 30-year-old family-run company that sells cleanses and detox products. And we dreamed one day of putting CBD or potentially THC into those products when allowed. And in the meantime, we got a nice business that generates cash flow. It's got a product development team. We got a manufacturing facility in Phoenix, Arizona. All of those things could eventually be valuable to us and could accelerate their growth. But even on a standalone basis, it's just a nice investment. And they've been able to add value to other parts of our business, even if they're not actually able to sell uh, cannabinoid products just yet. Yeah, that makes sense, especially in the United States. There's going to be a lot of companies that will easily transition into cannabis and they should be positioning themselves now because we're not that far away. Speaking of in the future... Look down the road a couple years down the road. What's opportunities or places where you'd like to take Clever Leaves? Yeah, I'm a bit of a dreamer, I have to admit. And I think that in the next two to four years, you could see federally legal cannabis products, either medically or recreationally, available in the United States. And one of those outcomes is unquestionably good for, for Clever Leaves almost immediately, which would be federally legal medical cannabis. In the United States, it may not be sold at dispensaries. Imagine it's sold at a CVS or a Walgreens. And those companies are going to want to work with somebody who's got EU GMP certification or an Avima GMP certification. And we have a really large scale. And by the way, we have all these fancy drug dossiers and stability tests. And that could be really interesting because Cleverly's could sell medical cannabis produced in Colombia in the United States without touching a cannabis dispensary without a California brand touching it. It's our own product or, or, or something yeah. partnered up with a pharmaceutical company. So that's pretty neat. 
There could, of course, be various shades of that where there's legalization of certain products, but also internationally, I get pretty excited because one of the first things that happened after Biden won the election was in Israel. And Israel, about a week or two after Biden was declared president-elect, they announced plans to legalize recreational cannabis within nine months. And so it's an important reminder that the U.S. does set the tone for the rest of the world. Our allies or countries that, that maybe even aren't even as close to the United States still care a great deal about how is the U.S. going to enforce drug policy globally. And if they feel that the U.S. is moving in a positive direction, they'll feel more conviction and that they can go that direction too. And I hope you're right. I hope you're right. This is exciting times to be in. And we'll have all of Cleverleaf's information in the show notes, including their stock symbol. And if you're a cannabis company out there, or maybe not even a cannabis company, but a company in the United States that's thinking about transitioning eventually into cannabis, you may want to give Cleverleaf's a call. I'm sure somebody on Kyle's team will be happy to talk to you. Kyle, always great to speak with you. Thanks again. We'll do this again a year from now. All right. Sounds great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.